This is the Epilog Audio Experience. The language and content on this podcast may be unsuitable for certain audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to History Chatter. In the last episode, we had a book discussion. I was speaking to Professor Rochona Mojumdar of Chicago University. about her new book on the history of indian art cinema in this episode i propose to go back much longer probably by 150 years or so i've been reading in fact i've been hearing ever since i was a boy and went to school reading history about the early indian freedom fighters especially those who founded the indian national congress the first indian major political party which unfortunately these days is on the verge of disappearance and uh, probably extinction so it'll be interesting to look at how those who had founded this political party spent their early lives and how they evolved their political visions and uh, aspirations S N Banerjee or Surendranath Banerjee was one of the founding members of the Indian National Congress but this episode is not about congress this episode is about the early life of S N Banerjee or Surendranath Banerjee when he had been an ICS officer in fact Banerjee would later be dismissed from the indian civil service as a matter of fact uh, he belonged probably to the second batch of indian ics officers included the elder brother of uh, the poet rabindranath tagore um, jyotirindranath tagore will not get there but what we get to know from the autobiography of s n banerjee which he published when he was 75 years old um in 1925 is a wonderful vignette a wonderful account of the early lives education of the anglicized young elites of calcutta and metropolitan india who aspired to become civil servants and yet again we see later in the autobiography and memoir a wonderful evocation of their time in england while they had been preparing to take the ics exam it is this part that fascinated me in particular and i'd like you to know more about it from the autobiography of s n banerjee which incidentally is called was called a nation in the making sn banerjee belonged to what he called a kulin brahmin family one of the most orthodox brahmin families of bengal his grandfather was a brahmin of the old school he was extremely orthodox however he maintained an extremely disciplined life which was chiefly religious and um, it gave a vivid and fascinating picture the life of his grandfather of what an orthodox home was in the 1850s or 1860s however his father 
who was a doctor made a break with tradition. It's strange that uh, Banerjee does not talk about this break at length. In fact, he underplays this break quite a bit. His father was um, a student of Hindu college. Um, he belonged to a generation, and let me quote Banerjee here, some of whom had sat at the feet of De Rosio, and like the first converts to a new cult, their alienation from the faith of their fathers was complete and even militant. They were fresh from their contact with the learning and literature of the West. They rejoiced in an open and ostentatious parade of defiance. They ate forbidden food, that is beef, and they threw the remnants into the houses of their orthodox neighbors. And Banerjee writes that it was with this new spirit that my father was saturated. Thus, in their home, there were two conflicting forces meeting. But strange that he writes that there was no spirit of hostility. Strange indeed. Banerjee, when he was a boy of five, was sent to a local Bengali school called Patshala. And he was taught there by a Brahmin teacher. He barely learned about the Bengali alphabets when he was sent up to an English school. The English school was run by a Captain Davton, who had earlier worked with the Nizam of Hyderabad. And that school was attended mainly by Anglo-Indian boys. Now, Anglo-Indian boys did not mean uh, the Anglo-Indians of today. It chiefly meant sons of Englishmen who worked in India. When um, S.N. Banerjee joined the school, he did not know a word of English. He had just finished the alphabet and was really crawling through a spelling book. But he persevered and his difficulties were great. And yet he said he muddled through somehow and in a while he managed to speak the language. Not very correctly, but possibly as well. Having said that, he had uh, throughout his school and college career, uh, maintained a distinction. As a matter of fact, uh, he did not even have a private tutor, which was a fashion of those times. Sometimes he would appeal to his father, who had himself been a teacher of medicine. Nonetheless, his career in school and college in the university as well was fairly distinguished. He was a uh, a prize man. He would win academic awards quite often. Um, he did not always stop his class, but in the long run, he appeared to outshine his contemporaries. Here, strangely enough, until about the university, he recalls facing absolutely no racial distinction or discrimination by his teachers. Anglo-Indians or Europeans. 
do please remember that uh, S.N. Banerjee was born in 1848 and he went to school um, during his teenage to college um, during the 1850s and 1860s of Calcutta. He is very clear that, and I quote, I passed some of my happiest years. I was never allowed to hear the faintest echo of these racial and sectarian controversies that sometimes distracted the country. From those early days, the leveling influence of knowledge was presented to me in a concrete form, which in itself was a part of my education. And when, after having taken my BA degree, I was about to leave the college, my principal, Mr. John Syme, who went to the University of St. Andrews and afterwards became the director of public instructions in Punjab, advised his father, Banerjee's father, to send him his son, Banerjee, to England to compete for the Indian civil service. As a matter of fact, uh, Banerjee's father was happy to consent. He was a man with a foresight. He was a great doctor of his time. And as early as 1853, when Banerjee was uh, barely five years old, his father drew up a will in which he directed that uh, his son should be sent up to England for higher education. So it so happened that in the early part of 1868, March 1868 to be precise, um, he set sail. He uh, went to England to compete in the ICS exams with two of his contemporaries and dear friends who would later rise to great lengths, R.C. Dutt or Ramesh Chandar Dutt and Beharilal Gupta. These were indeed the second in the batch of Indian ICS um, servants. Now, those days, going to England or crossing the seas would be considered uh, a terrible sin and people would be outcasted. As a matter of fact, arrangements for Banerjee's departure to England were made in secret. <laughs> he actually writes, we all three had to make our arrangements in secret as if we were engaged in some nefarious plot of which the world should know nothing. My father was helping me in every way, but the fact had to be carefully concealed from my mother. And when at least on the eve of my departure, the news had to be broken to her, she fainted away under the shock of what was to her a terrible news, unquote. And yet a number of people in Calcutta and in England was were extremely helpful. Uh, one of them was Monmohan Ghosh, who had just returned from England and had joined the bar of the Calcutta High Court. In, in fact, um, it was also the last time, uh, March 1868, when Banerjee would see his father. His father would die in 1870 before his return to India. Um, now, soon after reaching England, he 
took uh, the preliminary exam. It used to be called open competitive exam for the Indian civil service. And he passed it. Strangely, at this stage, there was a major crisis about uh, whether or not he really qualified. And the crisis was about his age. Let me try and uh, get back to this incident in Banerjee's own language. Well, in short, he was supposed to be overage and he was supposed to have lied about his age. But how did that come about? In filling up, he writes the form required by the Calcutta University, of which I was a graduate. I had put down 16 years as my age when I appeared for the matriculation examination of the University of Calcutta in December 1863. The regulations for the open competitive examination for the civil service of India at the time in 1868 and 69 required that a candidate should be above 19 and below 21 years of age in the year that he was to take the exam. If Banerjee was 16 in 1863, he would be above the required limit of age in 1869. In other words, if he was 16 in 1863, he would be six years older to that in 69, which means 22 above the cut-off age for qualification. And he was supposed to be disqualified on that ground. Yet, there was a difference here. He was born in November 1848, and he was really 15 years old and not 16 when he wrote his matriculation exam in 1863. Um, the problem was there were two different systems. The truth is that there were different ways of measuring age at the time in India and among Englishmen. In India, the age of a child or a man is not counted from the moment of one's birth, but from the time of the conception of the child in mother's womb. Accordingly, when a boy completes, say, 15th year, he would be known as 16 years old. It still happens, as a matter of fact. And he would describe himself as 16 years old. Among Englishmen, he would still be called 15 years old. Now, this was very clearly corroborated by the records in his school, where um, he was entered as only 16 or 15 years old. But... Uh, the information that the ICS authorities relied on was on the basis of what he had himself entered at the university. So that discrepancy he brought to the notice of civil service commissioners. And this difference he was quite happy to explain, but they did not admit his plea and he was flatly rejected. He was not ready to take this discrimination lying down. 
he filed a case. They decided to move the Queen's bench for a writ of mandamus. A number of, of lawyers in England um, helped Banerjee's cause, and finally, he was allowed to take the exam. Similar cases among Indians, similar cases actually took place um, in case of another Indian called uh, Shripad Babaji Thakur, who came from Maharashtra. He was also allowed to take the exam on similar grounds. But there are also more uh, eccentric and amusing incidents that took place during the preparation for ICS. There's this little story about uh, Shripad Babaji Thakur that S.N. Banerjee relates. Now, Thakur was an eccentric man. And on the eve of the examination, everybody was very busy preparing. But Babaji Thakur was busy playing chess. He was an expert chess player. He could direct the moves from a different room from where the game was being played. He had just finished a game and then perhaps he suddenly realized that he had an exam to write, that to an ICS exam the very next day. Quite leisurely, he took up Webster's Dictionary, which uh, happened to be near him in his study, and he read uh, quite well the chapter on the requisites or the characters of a good dictionary. It was an introductory chapter. And his memory was extraordinary. And every idea that was in the chapter was immediately imprinted on his mind. Strangely enough, as luck would have it, in that very year, competitors were asked in the paper on English composition to write an essay on the requisites of a good dictionary. And as you can quite well expect, Shripad Babaji Thakur wrote that answer with great distinction. So obviously he had passed and uh, he now had to return to Bombay and to India. They passed the final exam in 1871 and his friends R.C. Dutt and Bihari Lal Gupta, together they returned to India. Eventually, Banerjee was posted in Sillet. He, he um, spent some time in, in Kolkata. In 1871, the district of Sillet, which is now in Bangladesh, still belonged uh, to Bengal. Some years later, in 1874, it would be separated from Bengal and added to the province of Assam. And it is here that there occurred an incident of discrimination that eventually would cost S.N. Banerjee his position in the ICS. Strangely enough, um, as he remembers it, he was quite studious and uh, competent in the discharge of his responsibilities. His Anglo-Indian senior gave him as much work as he could manage to get through and initially treated him quite cordially. Unfortunately, he passed uh, his departmental examinations and immediately received the pass of a first-class magistrate. And he believes that was the reason 
for his eventual um, falling out with his superiors. It so happened that there was uh, another candidate called one Posford, who was his senior as assistant magistrate, who appeared together with Banerjee at the departmental examination for first class magistrate. Posford failed and Banerjee passed. Posford was a senior by two years. He was a European and Banerjee was an Indian. Mr. Sutherland, who was uh, the district magistrate, was now impelled and blinded by a strong racial feeling. He did not like that Banerjee should have passed and that Posford should have failed. Around this time, there was a controversy about a case. The case was something like this. A man called Judhisthir was accused of theft. He was charged with the theft of a boat. The case originally was uh, to be allotted to Mr. Posford, but was later transferred to Banerjee. And Banerjee had a very heavy workload. He kept postponing the case from time to time. And in December 72, he passed an order which bore his signature that the accused should be entered in what used to be called the Ferrari list or the list of absconders. As a matter of fact, uh, Judishtir or the accused did not abscond. And the, the objective of the order was simply to avoid having to give an explanation as to why the hearing of that case was delayed. And that was picked up by the seniors. And Banerjee was accused of deliberately passing an order which technically disguised his incompetence. There was a commission of inquiry headed by European officials, all of them. Banerjee was advised to take the help of uh, senior Indian lawyers such as W.C. Banerjee, but uh, he believed that uh, it could well go against him, the case, the hearing. He was eventually found guilty of malpractice and the commission later recommended his dismissal. Much later, Banerjee would go to England once again. He would try to join the bar, become a barrister, that is. But his dismissal from civil service would once again come in the way of his entry into the bar. His prospects as a barrister would also be futile. He would later take very seriously to journalism and entering into early phase of politics, eventually um, looking ahead and going on to establish Indian Association and the Indian National Congress. Indian National Congress, of course, was, uh, as I said, the most, uh, the earliest and the most effective modern political party in India, which at the moment is on the verge, perhaps, of extinction.
Now, Banerjee's story really is uh, one of the many stories of the first or the second generation of English educated Indians who would go on to become um, strong supporters of the British rule, but also the first generation of conscious political voices from India. And we will definitely come back to lives and careers such as that of Banerjee more often later in, um, in other episodes down the line. I look forward to hearing from you about the future episodes that you'd like to hear about and the themes that fascinates you about Indian and world history. This is Anirban signing off. I look forward to seeing you again in the next episode of History Chatter.